The launch of Backlight brings together five cloud-based media software companies spanning the entire video lifecycle. In this interview, the company CEO explains how he plans to help them all grow. this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon right there from Endscreen Media at the beginning. Hey, Will. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. And you? I'm doing well, and we, we're doing a, something a little bit different this week. We are. We're going to be interviewing Ben Kaplan, who is the president and CEO of Backlight, which is a new company that has just announced itself, has acquired a number of companies in the video value chain. And we're excited to do that interview. We are. And let's get to it. And we're very happy to welcome Ben Kaplan, who's president and CEO of Backlight. Uh, Ben, welcome to Inside the Stream. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So this is a huge announcement today, which we'll get to in just a second. But why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about about you? Sure. Um, So I am, uh, as you said, the president and CEO of Backlight, which is a new media technology holding company backed by PSG. Um, I joined PSG as a senior advisor um, about three and a half years ago, working on a range of different deals and advising them on companies sitting on boards, um, all the while looking for um, a new investment thesis and company to build. So my background is wholly as a SaaS and software operator, executive and entrepreneur. I am not a venture capital or growth uh, equity uh, investor by trade, Um, but it was a great few years um, being at PSG to see that side of the table and to really take the time um, to put together the the thesis and the strategy that became Backlight. That sounds great, Ben. And, um, and, uh, you know, as as Colin said, it's a big announcement today. Maybe you can just give us the highlight of what you have announced, and then let's dig in a little bit more to understanding what the company does. Sure. So this morning, Backlight announced its public launch. Um, you know, we had been in effectively in stealth mode for more than six months, um, you know, during which time we set up the company, made a series of of acquisitions, um, which we also announced today. Um, And those acquisitions include um, F-Track, Iconic, Celtics, Zype, and Wild Mocha. Backlight as a media technology holding company is backed by PSG, a great growth equity firm. Um, They led a round, which is north of $200 million. And with that capital, we've not only executed against these acquisitions, but put significant money on the balance sheet to really build out um, and improve um, product teams, development teams, go-to-market motion, um, all under this this great uh, holding company structure, which is Backlight. So... Can you walk us through the the different components? I mean, this is a huge, <laughs> huge bite of companies that you've brought together. So, so can you give us a thumbnail of each of the companies and then tell us how they fit together? Yeah, absolutely. So the the vision with Backlight um, is really to automate and optimize 
rich media workflows from ideation all the way through monetization. And as we began to spend time in the industry, also working with great people like, um, like Mike Green, our chief growth officer, um, we saw really an incredible opportunity where the innovators in the space were not the monolithic large companies serving media and entertainment industry um, businesses and firms or corporate enterprises, but really were small and mid-sized high growth companies doing amazing things. Um, and so the vision for us was to begin to pull together different companies, not with an expectation that this becomes a single integrated monolithic platform, but really discrete business units, all serving customers, solving problems, adding value, where we can find synergies between businesses, where we can help these businesses scale better by investing in finance and security and infrastructure and go-to-market expertise, um, but fundamentally all trying to make them the best versions of themselves. Um, so kind of thinking about that workflow, um, you know, in the ideation and script writing and pre-production and production management space, we've acquired a company called Celtics, which is really an incredible, the leader in cloud-based screenwriting and scripting. Um, we've acquired a company called Iconic, which is a media asset management platform, cloud-based, bring your own storage, used by an incredible set of customers. Um, we've acquired a company called F-Track, which is one of the leaders in production management used by studios, production houses, post-production firms, visual effects companies, animation firms, advertising agencies to really help them manage projects and the workflow associated with um, kind of multifaceted, um, you know, rich media uh, development. And in addition, they also do and have world-class collaboration and review capabilities, both cloud-based as well as at the highest end of the market um, for kind of color accurate um, use in special effects, et cetera. Um, then moving on to what I think of as distribution and monetization, we acquired a company called Zype, which is video streaming and video management infrastructure. Um, and in addition, next to it, we've acquired a company called Wild Mocha, which is in rapid video clip and video distribution, both production, lightweight editing, and kind of high velocity publishing. You know, it's especially used by news organizations and, and sports organizations. And so you can begin to see the outline of these solutions that start from a brilliant idea in the mind of a of a advertising professional or screenwriter, you know, all the way through distribution through a range of channels and the opportunity to monetize them. Um, and uh, it's a really exciting vision. What's driving that vision, what I think is driving that opportunity are the trends that drive, you know, your followers and your listeners, which is an incredible proliferation, not only of the quantity of content, 
but also the quality of content and the number and democratization of content creators. So the content creation process is radically different now than it was 15 years ago. The number of endpoints that content gets distributed to in the ways consumers and content um, uh, users can interact with all of that rich media is you know, proliferated almost beyond belief, um, especially if you look at the number of subscription services that I pay for every month. And, you know, and sort of in that world where you've got incredible and different models of content creation, incredible and different models of content consumption, and a huge number of businesses, even just regular enterprises, that in many cases act more like a studio as they think about marketing, as they think about marketing assets, the opportunity is just incredible. And so it's an amazing addressable market. The trends around cloud-based software, which is not something that the industry, especially the traditional media and entertainment industry has readily adopted in the past, creates huge new opportunities for a strategy like one that Backlight's pursuing. That's a great overview, Ben. Um, appreciate that uh, level of detail. And certainly Colin and I would not disagree with you about the proliferation of content. That's something that we've been following and tracking for years. And it, it, as you said, it really is incredible. Definitely. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about how the companies, how Backlight envisions the companies working together. I mean, is there sort of a synergy play here? Is there uh, are there other advantages of these companies being owned by Backlight um, that you imagine growth opportunities? Um, you know, where where do you you know kind of where do you see them fitting together? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I think you know one of the things that's interesting about being a growth equity investor like PSG as PSG approaches growth equity is that you've got to be really thoughtful about M and A. And in my view is you really want to make sure that you do no harm. And so all of these businesses, you know, these businesses were all growing anywhere from 20 to over 100% year over year. And as we look to bring these businesses together, the governing principle that I wanted to make sure and I'm committed to is that we invest and support their growth and we don't put on their shoulders the types of, you know, any type of activity that would prevent them from delivering value to their customers. And so that's sort of one kind of guiding principle that, that I had in creating Backlight. Um, I think the second piece is in this model of a holding company, what are the types of investments that we can make that can support and enhance all of the companies. And, and these are some of the same things that any independent small startup or growth company deals with. Like, God, we have to improve our financial infrastructure and processes. We need to invest more in infrastructure. You know, as we scale and serve larger and larger customers, we've got to do more with um, security. We've got to do more with IT. Um, there's investments that we could make with human resources and recruiting that as a small company, you know, we can't do, but as we scale, we need to. So there's a real strong belief that at a minimum, 
the holding company structure can invest in some of that infrastructure that allows each of the businesses to focus more on the areas where they can add real value, differentiation, innovation, and customer success, and less on some of the operational overhead that is incredibly critical, but is not necessarily in the wheelhouse of smaller entrepreneurial companies. So that's kind of one of the first things that we envision. I think the second piece is that as these companies scale, the types of processes, um, the types of approaches that you take to go from zero to 10 million aren't the same things that take you from 10 to 25 or 25 to 50 or 50 to 100. And um, having scaled businesses before and having brought on a team that scaled businesses before, um, we've got support infrastructure in place to help each of the business units scale and grow and mature um, all in a fashion that helps them execute not in a fashion that takes them away from what they're really good at and what they focus on. And then the last piece maybe is what you're, you're asking about from a longer term perspective, which is not only what are the benefits of a holding company structure for the business units underneath, but really where might the synergies be across business units. And there, you know, that's absolutely an investment um, or an opportunity rather that we see, um, but it's one that we're gonna approach thoughtfully. The vision is not a single monolithic integrated product um, under a single brand that customers have to use all or none of. The vision is truly the right way I think to go to market and the right way to package and deliver value to customers, which is flexible, open architecture, easy to work with, easy to integrate with. And we solve customer problems. And if that creates opportunities to provide an integrated solution or two solutions that we have to integrate with each other, great. But if a customer already has a competitive solution to one business unit, we definitively want other business units to add value and complement and extend the competitive solution. And that's just something that I really believe reflects a modern, open, flexible, go-to-market approach. And it's something that aligns very clearly with all of the CEOs of the companies that I'm partnering with now. So, so that sounds pretty sensible. So as synergies in the back end, help them scale and really help them grow and be opportunistic in the opportunities for, the, for them to work together to provide, yeah. quote, solutions as opposed to just point point products so no. so so talk about some of the the short and medium-term goals you have for the co- the, the company and maybe some of it and, and the components yeah well the um the first one is we really wanted to launch publicly because we've been in stealth mode now for over for over six months and you know first hey setting up backlight and all of the infrastructure we did that to making the acquisitions and investments and bringing these companies together, you know, it's it's a it's a heavy lift to do in in a, a period less than a year. Three, we then tasked, you know, the each of the companies working with 
um, the go-to-market or the, the chief growth officer at, at Backlight to plan and execute this launch has been, you know, a huge, a huge undertaking, and we're really excited about it. Um, the the types of investments we've made include, you know, we're we're rolling out a uh, an HRIS to have a consistent HR backbone across all the different companies, really that system of record. There's a set of IT investments that we're making on the infrastructure side. We, um, we're we rolling out a um, live actually uh, in four of the five uh, business units uh, earlier this month, um, uh, the same finance and accounting backbone across all of the business units. So we have a real system of record. KPIs, we're measuring success and being able to see how the business is, is, is doing um, consistently. So there's that wave of initial of initial infrastructure. The, the other area of focus and will remain an area of focus moving forward is investment in best practices in go-to-market motions. I think what's, what's interesting about this group of businesses is despite their incredible growth, right? 20 to over 100% year over year, they haven't invested significantly in their go-to-markets. You know, one company, maybe two, have a bit more awareness or a bit more maturity on the size of their go-to-market teams and things like that. But I view that as just an incredible opportunity. So they've achieved this growth. They have these unbelievable customers, incredible case studies, great metrics, are having great success, and they're doing it without fully mature, invested, scaled, go-to-market motions. So one of the first areas that we see an opportunity to help these businesses become, like I said, the best version of themselves is to help them invest there around systems, processes, recruiting, hiring, best practices. These are all the things that that I spend a lot of time on, um, as does my team. And we expect to see... Um, you know, the growth rates accelerate in the coming year, um, which is hard as you scale, but that's how strong a product market fit we have these, we believe these solutions have and the tailwinds and, you know, the opportunity to improve it. Go to market, absolutely there can be inspiration involved. By and large, it's hard work. It's not rocket science, it's hard work. I think the other areas that we're excited to invest in perhaps fall into areas closer to rocket science, which is the investment in product and the investment in in innovation and making sure that the CTOs and heads of product development at each of the business units have the talent, um, the recruiting support to continue to invest in product differentiation and key themes. In some cases, there will be opportunities for those businesses to collaborate right out of the gate. As an example, many of our businesses do incredible things with artificial intelligence and AI. Uh, you know, Wild Mocha, Iconic are two of the ones that come to mind, but almost every one of our businesses is beginning to invest in some fashion there. And so we see an opportunity there to to invest and improve everything from, 
you know, metadata, metadata tagging to clip creation and distribution to improve, improve those experiences. But at the core, I'd say infrastructure and then with equal balance on go-to-market support and investment in, in, uh, in engineering. So that's great. Very, very clear what's going on there. So, so talk to us about the media and entertainment market, how you see it evolving here, and how does Backlight continue to grow into that opportunity? And, and I'm really interested, are there any holes that you're looking to plug with other acquisitions? Yeah, I think I am not a media and entertainment veteran. I think that I am a pretty good SaaS executive, but the last three years have been where I've had the opportunity to go to school a little bit on, you know, these markets, plural, um, and and try to get some depth. I think the single most important transformation that's occurring in the industry beyond the things that we talked about previously relative to the democratization of content creation and the proliferation of endpoints and content consumption is the way COVID accelerated cloud and SaaS solution adoption among the media and entertainment industry. And it's not going back, it's absolutely continuing. I think a lot of businesses that saw a positive impact from COVID in the software world, um, you know, around collaboration, around cloud-based solutions, um, absolutely experienced this too. But I think that that has been, it's a transformation that was already occurring and really just accelerated it and forced companies to get comfortable with the security and the engagement model of both users and rich media content in a SaaS and cloud environment. And that transformation, that evolution, whether or not accelerated by COVID, I think is one of the best things to occur for a strategy in a company like Backlight. So from a short-term and medium-term goals perspective for the company, to answer that part of your question, the best thing that companies can do is to grow. And so our focus remains on growth. It is, if we want to invest in growth and invest in the things that drive growth, which is not just hiring marketers and salespeople, but also continuing to invest in product. And just as important, investing uh, in the people at all of these companies. Because at software companies, your asset, your resources are literally all human resources. If we invest in the team and we drive growth and we drive innovation and we drive customer success, I think those are the things that we want to focus on and measure. I have no goals, expectations, strategy, timing on a future liquidity events or anything of that source. I have always believed, and I learned this a long time ago, that you can't plan out liquidity events or exits. All you can do is build value for customers and good things happen. Yeah, the, the cloudification piece seemed like a really important piece. That was one of the things that, as I looked through the companies, that was one of the things that you seem particularly well 
position to take advantage of. So uh, I'm glad you called that out. Will, we got a, we, we got a finishing question for yeah, Ben. Yeah, I think we just have time for one more question, Ben. But it would be great just to hear your view of the competitive landscape. You know, there are no doubt competitors for every one of the companies that you've invested in. You know, don't don't take us through a laundry list, obviously, but just you know, give us a sense of how you think of the competitive landscape for the companies and for Backlight as a whole. I think you know, as you, as you highlighted, competition is really by is really by business right. unit. So there may be a few that that spread across um, that spread across both. Um, obviously, there are you know large media and entertainment software companies that do some of the things that Backlight does, but it may or may not be their core business. And so at the Backlight level, I don't think we really see any direct competition. At the business unit level, um, of course they do, and there's you know tons of great companies, you know them all. The most important thing for us is putting the customer at the center of everything that we do. And if that over time affords us the opportunity to deliver value across business units for that same customer, I think we're in a pretty unique position and a pretty secure one from a market perspective. It seems like each of the individual companies that you've you've rolled up here have pretty strong uh, value propositions in their particular segments. So uh, we can't wait to see how you're going to pull some some joint value out of all of them. And I hope what you'll do is you'll come back and talk to us a little bit about that as as the market evolves and as you evolve. I'm looking forward to seeing that too. We're really excited about that about that potential, and I would be. Delighted to come back. It was great speaking with you, Colin and Will. I've really enjoyed the time. Thanks, Ben. Thanks very much, Ben. So, Will, I thought that that was uh, pretty interesting. Ben reflecting, I think, some very strong trends in the market. Um, one of them is this move to the cloud, which he called out as being really accelerated by by COVID. But I think it was happening. Uh, anyway, and uh, certainly all the companies that he he mentioned, they're all I think pretty invested in that cloud infrastructure. So I, I know that jumped out at me as being a pretty strong trend and a pretty good reason, I guess, to bring these uh, bring these companies to get together and get some synergies in the back end, right? I think so. Yeah, it's going to be a cool vision to see unfold as we go forward, and um, no doubt we'll be talking to Ben again. I hope so, and be really interesting to hear what synergies he's able to ring out in the back end for for these companies and boy is he ever right one of the things that uh, is always tough for a small company to do is to scale um, but uh, as as we said would be interesting to see how they can ring out some synergies between them working together but uh, i guess that's for another time yeah i think that's it for today colin so that was fun Yep, it was indeed. And uh, we'll see everybody again on next week's edition of Inside the Stream. Thanks for listening in. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News. All rights reserved.